Welcome to the Better Money, Better World Show, a podcast project of Impact Capital Managers, or ICM. ICM is a group of investors who believe that by solving the world's greatest challenges, we will generate market-leading returns for investors while bending the arc of human history towards sustainability and justice. ICM members have backed companies ranging from Tesla to Coursera to Vital Farms. Collectively, ICM's 60 members manage over $12 billion. I'm your host, Daniel Pianco, a co-founder of ICM. My day job is co-founder and managing director of Achieve Partners, a leading investor in education and human capital. Here on Better Money, Better World, we'll explore the stories of our investor members, the companies we're building, and the limited partners allocating money to investors who don't just seek alpha, but also to leverage their capital to build a better world. Episodes will be released each week and feature a new guest telling their own unique investment stories, strategies, and perspectives. And we've got lots of great guests lined up. So if you're excited about what this show might teach you about impact investing and the people behind it, make sure you subscribe to Better Money, Better World, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you're feeling generous, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It's a great way to highlight the work of impact investors and grow the community of impact investing. Now, with that out of the way, let me introduce you to our Better Money, Better World guests. Jeff Myers is a lifelong city banker and founding member of City's $200 million City Impact Fund, investing in for-profit, for-purpose, venture-scalable businesses driving impact. The City Impact Fund is a partnership of three units within City, Sprint Global Product Spreads, Global Public Affairs, and City Ventures, investing directly from City's balance sheet with the same financial hurdles as other business lines. Jeff's volunteer role with Streetwise Partners, a New York City-based nonprofit bringing skills to the unemployed, served as the impetus to bring impact into his role at City. Prior to joining Sprint, Jeff served as a director in the Structured Lending and Investments Group at City Community Capital. The fund invests in four areas, environment, sustainability, financial inclusion, physical and social infrastructure, and workforce development. The City Impact Fund invests at the seed to pre-IPO stage with a focus on companies raising capital at the Series A and B level. In addition, City allocated $50 million to investments in Black founders. The fund's first investment was in Icon, which uses 3D printing to build homes to address the global housing crisis. Icon's goal is to build cheaper, more resilient housing at scale to make a dent in the over 1 million incremental new homes America needs to lower the cost of housing. Listen as Jeff describes investing City's balance sheet capital to achieve a superior total return profile, driving the best financial and social returns. Welcome, Jeff, to the Better Money, Better World podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Daniel. My pleasure. Now, you are a lifelong Citibank banker. Can you describe your transition to uh, impact investing? Sure. Uh, lifelong is a little bit of a scary term. Um, I can't believe I'm old enough to say that. You're, actually, you're 23, uh, so that's well, I wish. a mistake to make. I wish. I wish. Um, no, but uh, yes, I am. I've been at City for a little over a decade, which I can't believe I'm old enough to say that now. But uh, my career took a little bit of an unusual turn to get to impact investing. So sort of out of school, I got into investment banking. I worked at Bank of America, Merrill Lynch in the real estate gaming and lodging group. Uh, Did some very large structured financings for a lot of real estate uh, and lodging customers. Um, I loved it. I loved the real estate sector. But during my time at Bank of America, I was 
volunteering for a nonprofit in New York uh, called Streetwise Partners, which worked with unemployed and underemployed um, New Yorkers to really work to get them career readiness. So this was hard skill, soft skill development to really get them out of a job and into sort of a more sustainable career. And, you know, when I was looking back on my career, what I was doing at Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, um, it was traditional investment banking. I felt like I wasn't really making an impact on the world, but I felt like through this nonprofit that I was doing sort of a skills-based volunteering work for um, that I could, you know, I was thinking, was there a way that I could kind of combine the two? I, I knew I didn't have the right mindset to work at a nonprofit. Um, and so I sort of wanted to sort of balance what I was doing at Bank of America to see, you know, could I do something more in the corporate sector that was, you know, driving social change? And so um, I ultimately got offered a job at City. Uh, I worked uh, in a group called City Community Capital, uh, a division of City's investment banks, specifically with our municipal securities division, which did uh, a lot of uh, lending and investing on, in affordable housing. So a lot of that was done in conjunction with the Community Reinvestment Act, uh, which is an act that was created in the 1970s um, to really change what a lot of the bad rules around redlining had been. So, you know, requiring banks to lend and invest in communities in which they take deposits. And, you know, through that work, I really found sort of like, I think my calling to where I was able to take sort of my, you know, strong financial services analysis skills and sort of couple that with sort of really making a benefit um, in people's lives. I didn't even know what the term impact investing was before I got the job offer to work at City, but, you know, what really pushed me to do something that was a little bit outside the box, you know, it kind of leveraged my, my real estate background uh, and sort of my financial analysis skills, but doing something where I felt like, you know, I was really making a difference in the world. And I, I remember my first site tour I ever went on to was a, a low-income housing tax credit project in uh, downtown Los Angeles. Um, and seeing the faces of the residents really move into these units for the first time, it totally changed my life in terms of, you know, this is not something that I'm doing because it looks good on my resume or it's just good to have this persona about myself, but it's something I'm truly passionate about. And I really feel, you know, going into work every day uh, and doing the work that I'm doing, like, is really just impactful on my life. That's a beautiful story. Um, I think similar for a lot of us who, who get into this industry. So now um, tell us about the City Impact Fund you now run. So uh, I sit on the investment team. Uh, it's a it's an impact fund that we launched uh, in January of 2020. So I spent the lion's share of 2019 putting together with two of my colleagues a business plan. In my group in City Community Capital, we had made an investment in a, a company called Factory OS. Factory OS is a modular construction company based in the San Francisco Bay Area that it brings down the cost of construction, which allows affordable housing developers to be more competitive with market rate developers. Uh, we led the deal with Autodesk uh, in the Series A. You know, it was, it was a little bit of a pain to get done internally because we didn't really have the pipes to make direct investments. And so, you know, looking at factory, our investment in Factory OS and sort of reporting to senior management, um, you know, we thought we could do what we were doing in Factory OS at scale. Um, and so we developed a business plan that took about a year to put together, you know, pitched the idea to some senior uh, leadership at City with the support of a number of colleagues um, and sort of modeling the City Impact Fund off of what we had at the time called our citizenship goals. 
So these were goals that were housed within the foundation that sort of um, highlighted the work that we were doing philanthropically, but then finding ways that we could do that from the for-profit lens as well. So uh, we set that up, you know, 2019 launched publicly in January, 2020. And I think, you know, we've had a really successful first two years. Unfortunately, we launched right before COVID hit. So we weren't able to have, I think, a lot of the, the open houses and the events that we were thinking about doing at the launch. But our first investment was a company called Icon, a, a 3D printing construction technology company. And we went down, this is sort of right when COVID was hitting, it was February, we went down to Austin to visit them. And I remember thinking like, oh, I can't wait to visit all of our future entrepreneurs you know, here we are two years later, we made the vast majority of our investments without even meeting an entrepreneur in person. But, you know, I'm really proud of, of the success that we've had over the first two years. So the fund itself uh, is $200 million in capital. Um, the funding comes from our treasury department. Um, so it's internally funded from City's balance sheet to really invest in sort of for-profit, for-purpose businesses that are venture scalable, but also driving social change. So uh, these industry verticals are varied, but I think collectively, like really represent a, a strong foothold into many different areas of impact investing. So focusing on environment and sustainability in the circular economy, uh, financial inclusion, so financial services for underserved consumers, um, physical and social infrastructure, so innovations and technology that are transforming housing transportation and healthcare. Uh, and then lastly is around workforce development and the future of work. Um, so we've made a number of investments uh, in each of these different investment verticals and our investment size uh, depends. So we have a seed investment program, uh, which is reserved exclusively for female and minority entrepreneurs. So these are investments where we're really not taking technology risk, but there's a business idea, there's a prototype in place, but you know we're kind of coming in after this pre-seed funding to really be able to be that catalytic funding to entrepreneurs that historically have been overlooked in the venture capital ecosystem. So these are seed investments, you know, uh, as low as 250,000 up to a million dollars, and then investing all the way up to pre-IPO. So our maximum check size is, is today $10 million. So it limits us in terms of the scale and size of the company, uh, but we have invested in some very late stage companies and we've invested in some very early companies as well. I would say uh, on average, we're investing in sort of series A, series B companies, you know, check sizes somewhere between one and five seems to be our sweet spot. I found, you know, the City Impact Fund and the investment professionals we have on the team can be most effective when we can drive impact. And I think you know, the earlier stage of the business, I think there's more impact to be driven and we can make recommendations to the entrepreneur and to the board um, and other investors about how the company can be value add that, you know, I think our, our sweet spot will sort of already stay in this sort of early stage series A to series B financing that we look at. So are you trying to integrate these companies into the city ecosystem or are they totally separate? You know, we are, it's not a requirement. Um, so we have some investment verticals. If you think about the financial inclusion vertical, for example, obviously we're a bank. It makes sense for us to be investing in, you know, fintech companies that we can not only invest in and grow and make introductions to entrepreneurs, but also, you know, how can we connect them? Are they going to be launching a credit card? You know, can we connect them with our cards team? Are there, you know, debt restructuring, one of our companies called Clerky? Like, can we connect them 
with our uh, experts internally in the consumer bank to, to help the company make better informed decisions as they build their model. You know, I think especially in the financial technology vertical and as well as our physical and social infrastructure vertical, can talk, obviously I have the real estate background we talked about. You know, we have a, a large real estate financing arm within city as well. And so, you know, there are especially connectivity to where we can be a value add to provide financing, to provide advice, advisory, capital raising, and just really expertise to do so. Um, but it's also not a requirement. I think in, in most corporate venture investing arms, right, there needs to be an in-business champion that's, you know, looks at a technology. It may not be, you know, right for prime time today, but there's an ability to integrate that over time. And I think, you know, we sit a little bit sort of at the influx of corporate venture, but also sort of traditional venture where we don't necessarily have to have either a commercial agreement in place or in the, on the horizon where, you know, we think social impact is great and we think this is impactful business benefiting the lives of, of underserved consumers that, you know, if there is no business connectivity, we can still make the investment, which is great because it gives us some, some flexibility. So tell me about a deal that sort of, you know, represents what the City Impact Fund's all about. Sure. There's a lot. I mean, I'd say all of them really, but I talked about Icon, which was our first investment. It was a tough deal. We invested in the Series A alongside of a number of other investors. And we were really the only impact-oriented investor in the capital stack. Um, the capital stack comprised of a lot of you know, traditional venture firms, obviously impact like us, some folks in the home building industry. But what, what Icon is, is a 3D printing construction technology company, you know, really formed to address the global housing crisis. So you know, developing more affordable, durable, environmentally friendly homes. What do you mean by like literally a 3D, like a printer prints a home? I'm literally sorry, maybe a that's printer it. printing a home. When I went to Austin, it was the most mind blowing thing. How much does it cost to like print a home? Depends. Uh, I mean, it depends because we can build a 300 square foot home or eventually a 2,500 square foot home. So the innovation is right now, single, you know, one bedroom, one bath units. We are printing currently in Tabasco, Mexico, with a nonprofit partnership we have with News Story, which Icon has with News Story, as well as Community First Village, a village in Austin, Texas, uh, which is for the chronically homeless. Um, and so when I flew down to Austin, I was telling you earlier at the start of the Impact Fund, I literally saw uh, one of the sales guys printing three homes at a time using an iPad. It was the most amazing thing that I've ever seen where we were in Austin, Texas at Community First Village, where, and this is one of ICON's big mission is that, you know, we don't wanna have a technical staff being able to print these homes. We wanna develop the technology that this is scalable enough that it allows a home builder, uh, anyone that can leverage this technology in order to develop this printing themselves. So within the iPad, within their operating system, you can see how do you wanna design the home? And then it ultimately prints. It was printing three at a time when I visited the site. It was the most fantastic thing I've ever seen. And, and, and is it, I assume, significantly cheaper than traditional construction methods? Absolutely. Cheaper, more resilient. I mean, think about all the hurricanes, tornadoes, natural disasters that we have where traditional wood frame construction homes are continuously being demolished. So more resilient, more environmentally friendly, and significantly less cost. Obviously, the cost is higher than I think we want it to be ultimately. But as this technology grows, you know, since I've been, since the City Impact Fund has been an investor in Icon, we've already seen three iterations in the 3D printer called the Vulcan um, that, that prints on site today. But really, you know, the investment thesis here was 
we need 3.3 million homes per year to be built in the US to keep up with demand. And we really only have the capacity to build 1.3 million. So already demand is so much higher than what we have the capacity to do today. And not only that, the construction industry is one of the leading contributors to greenhouse gas emissions, you know, contributing to, I think, like almost 4,000 million uh, CO2, tons of CO2 emissions every year. Um, and not only that, I mean, as we all know, the affordable housing crisis is huge, a global issue, you know, more than a billion dollars, more than a billion people don't have access to adequate and safe and affordable housing, that we have to find a way to do it better, more environmentally friendly, cheaper, faster, in every which way possible in order to meet and catch up with that demand to ensure that, you know, everyone has a safe home and, and to live in and affordable. You, you you had me at 3D print my home, so that's that's great. I mean, um, what what's really even cool about Icon, which separate aside from our impact story, is I mean they're partnering with the Department of Defense, the Marine Corps, and NASA to you know potentially print um, on the moon and beyond. So 3D printing the technology is is scaling rapidly, and, and we're so proud to be an investor in the company. You heard it here first. Citibank is competing with Elon Musk <laughs> to build the first colony on Mars. No, I'm kidding. I'm just joking. I told the senior leadership today that I definitely wanted to be the the first doing the site visit on the moon if we ultimately end up printing there. Good, good. So, so this is actually a big initiative within City. It, it incorporates a public affairs group, spread products, uh, and City Ventures. Why are so many groups involved in this fund? Yeah, uh, it was a natural marriage, really, at the at the beginning stages of the City Impact Fund. So I technically work in a group called Sprint, stands for Spread Products Investment Technologies, an investment arm within the Capital Markets Division, uh, investing on behalf of some of our, our corporate customers in terms of real estate, fintech, prop tech, et cetera. Um, and so we can bring, in, within Sprint, we can bring sort of the financing um, angle, uh, as well as some of the strategic expertise in terms of renewable energy, you know, real estate, consumer, small business finance, um, city ventures, obviously city's corporate venture investing arm has been around for over 10 years, you know, really great track record on investing in fantastic fintech, enterprise SaaS, prop tech companies. So really leveraging the experience our city ventures team has, and then also global public affairs, which houses our community and, and investor relations teams and marketing and branding. And we want to be proud of these companies that we're investing in. And especially at the early stage, it's really hard for these companies to really get market traction because they don't have the marketing budget. And so can we really leverage our marketing, branding, communications teams to really help accelerate the mission and amplify the mission that our, that our founders are doing? Um, we actually did a national commercial with one of our portfolio companies called MedHall, which provides non- uh, emergency medical transportation in the Southeast. Uh, obviously, I've seen it on TV multiple times. I, I feel like we're spending a lot of ad spend on that, but it, it's really amplifying the company's mission as I think otherwise as a seed stage company, you know, not really a lot of money to spend on the marketing side. And so having City behind them really support and amplifying that message, I think is really important. That's great. Um, and so how do you, with all these different groups, how do you, Alec, how do you decide if one if a if a company fits in, you know the ventures portfolio, the impact fund, the, the the balance sheet. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of you know as as some of the restrictions around uh, investing for financial institutions have changed over the years. Like, there's been a couple different units within City that are making equity investments. Obviously, I work in Sprint, which is one City Ventures, and now City Impact Fund. 
within Sprint and City Ventures, um, obviously making their own investments in City Impact Fund. We're the sole investor in our portfolio companies. We have never really done a partnership with any other entity within City that's making these investments. But really the great thing about City Impact Fund, it being to your question, Daniel, sort of where it fits within City, global public affairs, Sprint and global spread products, as well as City Ventures working on this, we can really pull in a lot of expertise around folks that have, you know, if there's a specific financial services company we're looking to invest in, can leverage on the experience of our, of our colleagues in City Ventures to do so. Obviously, if there's a company we're looking at in the sustainability space that has renewable energy component, we can talk to our colleagues in alternative energy finance. You know, these three different divisions at City really give us sort of this like internal, you know, brain ecosystem that allows us to really do, I think, really great diligence on our on our on our uh, potential entrepreneurs because we're really able to dive into the diligence um, and really have an appreciation from where our market stands, where it's going, and then also from the the investment professionals on the on the investment team is like being able to leverage that expertise to make sure that you know we're finding the best deals you know, opening up the top of the funnel to make sure that, you know, we can see a lot of those technology innovations and then, you know, really leveraging the internal impact expertise to make sure that, you know, we're not just making an investment, but we're doing so for the greater good and we can really drive, you know, social change and, and benefit customers that otherwise, you know, would not be able to, to, to really thrive through this technology development. Yeah, it, it does seem like you bring a huge amount of leverage to the table. I'm just curious how you compare what you're doing. I'm sure you're talking, you've mentioned some of the other groups that are doing this, like, you know, Salesforce set up an impact fund, also a member of Capital Managers was on our podcast. Microsoft, Amazon, PayPal have all set up sort of these kind of impact oriented um, funds. How do you sort of think about what you bring to the table versus some of those in, 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 in your process? Yeah, um, there's a lot of impact funds out there. Uh, standalone, corporate, you know, you name it. I would say in the financial services ecosystem, we haven't seen a lot. You know, I think setting up as we talked about City Impact Fund, leveraging our, our, our City Ventures' you know, 10-year track record experience internally, it made us, I think, a lot easier for us to set up the City Impact Fund. Um, and I look at, you know, the Salesforce Ventures Impact Team, very well, Microsoft, like all the names that you mentioned, and many of them are on the same capital stack. I think a way to really differentiate that is sort of the investments that we do make. I mean, obviously, as being a bank, we can leverage and lean in a little bit more on the financial technology piece, especially on the real estate piece with my experience and, and just the colleagues that we have to bear internally. Um, and I think like the same for Salesforce, specifically with our CRM tools, like they're able to have a different lens on impact. But I think in the end, you know, we're all looking and we all have the same mission to leverage our balance sheets in order to make these investments for greater good. And I will say, you know, for cities specifically, obviously we make these investments. It, it, it's great for cities brand. It's great for our, our shareholders, our constituents. But I think like what really resonates when I talk to other corporate venture investing arms that are focused on impact is it's kind of just the right thing to do. And I don't think a lot of the technologies that we're investing in, I, we found a lot of companies don't have impact oriented investors on their capital stack. And I think that's a way for city and other corporate uh, impact oriented venture funds can do is help drive the social impact that they're doing. A lot of technologies are just helping everyday consumers and, and having us and other corporate venture investors on their capital stack and kind of help them sort of scale that mission a little bit um, and help them identify maybe a market segment that, that maybe they didn't really think about. 
Do you ever get pushback? I mean, you're at a bank, IRR, ROI focused. What's the pushback on like social impact and returns, if any? A lot, a lot. It's a conversation we literally have every day. And, you know, when I think about, and this is something we thought about putting together when we put together the City Impact Fund, the impact investing ecosystem is huge. There are, you know, I feel like we're one one scale, uh, like, like all the other ICM members, you know, for-profit, for-purpose, venture-scalable solutions. And then on the other spectrum, you have foundations, endowments that are putting in PRIs, MRIs, and a lot of these foundations I know quite well and, and have co-invested with us when I was at City Community Capital. We just look at very different aspects of the, I think, risk and return spectrum. Obviously, early stage venture is very risky or taking out a lot of risk and potentially very high return. And also a lot of these companies that are driving social change, you know, have probably been overlooked by traditional venture funds. And so their access to capital has not been as great. And so when we think about sort of being on one spectrum, high risk, potentially high return and high reward and greater impact is we don't look at return and social impact on a deal by deal basis. We really have to look at it as an overall portfolio. There are absolutely some investments in our portfolio that will be unicorns that I think will we'll exit at tremendous IPOs. I'm so excited for that moment to hopefully happen in the not too distant future. And then we have some companies also that I don't think will be a multi-billion dollar IPO, but it's founded by a very mission-driven founder that is really looking to drive change. And I think when you look at the return, and this is specific to City Impact Fund, but I think a lot of other impact investors would resonate with them, is that I think if you look on a deal by deal basis, I think you're doing yourself a disservice because I think you can otherwise look at deals that maybe you won't be making that 10x return, but is it a it is is it a 4x return and the company is just doing so much social impact that it just it's too good to pass off that when we look at the total return profile, again, as I talked about, Daniel, we talk about this literally every day, but I think we always need to keep in mind like what is the totality of the portfolio? And how can we drive the best return, the best social impact with all of our companies, you know, looked at collectively? It's definitely more of an art than it is a science for sure. But I think like every day we're finding ways to sort of improve on that and make sure that we're, you know, tracking the metrics. We obviously want to be tracking to other venture funds, impact and non. Um, and then also in the impact space, making sure that, you know, we're measuring this appropriately and you know, our, our impact lens is still is still 2020. Do you, though, try to argue or, or leverage reports or studies that say impact is higher return than sort of traditional investing or, or lower risk? You know, I mean, I feel like you could read an article that said impact investing is a lower return one day and a higher return the next day. You know, I mean, like... Oh, you're every, so cynical, Jeff. Everywhere <laughs> I look, you know, and, and this really comes from my background at City Community Account. I think there's this misconception that if you help underserved consumers, it's a loss leader. And I think that's so wrong. And I really think that that narrative is changing. Um, you know, when I was at City Community Capital and we were financing affordable housing, you know, everyone had this premonition that affordable housing loss rates are high. Affordable housing is probably one of the most safest real estate investments that you can make, even lower loss rates than traditional market rate multifamily. And I, and I would say that transition is almost the exact same in the impact industry. Like, look, there are, there are vintage funds that have lower rates of return than traditional venture funds, and there's some that have higher. There's so many factors that are going into it. What are you specifically looking to focus on? Like what industry and what verticals? 
Yeah, what is the vintage of the fund? I mean, obviously we're in a low interest rate environment versus a high interest rate environment. There's a lot of factors that come into play on that. But I do think like within cities specifically, as I talked, we talked about the three different divisions kind of focusing on city impact fund is bringing those all together to really have so many people looking at a deal really helps us, I think, have a competitive advantage in terms of like identifying what, where should we look at return and impact? I sure hope we look at this and we, you know, I listened to this podcast five years from now and our venture returns are better than, you know, traditional like non-impact oriented funds. I selfishly think we're on the right track to do that um, because I think as we talked about earlier, I really think impact and return needs to be measured on a portfolio wide construction basis. And, um, you know, I, I think that's what's ultimately going to, to allow this to be a really successful fund within the city. I want to turn back to the industry in general, but one of the things that's really core to your program and your fund is the focus on racial equity. Can you talk a little bit about uh, how you are constructing a portfolio where over 50% of the of the companies have female or underrepresented minority as a founder or a CEO? Yeah. So uh, as I talked about earlier, when we started the, the Impact Fund in January of 2020, we exclusively focused on setting up a seed program for only women and minority founders. Um, as part of uh, City's $1 billion commitment to action for racial equity, $50 million of that was attributed to the uh, City Impact Fund. So we have $50 million to invest in Black entrepreneurs exclusively. So we call this the Black Entrepreneurs Investment Initiative um, to support on, you know, as we all know the stats, uh, I don't need to repeat them here that a lot of Black founders just have really been overlooked. Black, Latinx, I mean, you name it, a lot A lot of the equity has gone to you know, men that look like you and I. And so I'm really proud to work at a fund that, you know, especially at the early stage when capital is so needed for companies to scale in tax space, focusing specifically on entrepreneurs that are underserved is, is really, you know, I'm really proud of that. Um, and then two, as you said, like, I mean, over 50% of our portfolio companies and women and minority founders, it's just, it's been a focus of ours. I don't think we've had a hard time in that deal flow access, but I think we're investing in great women, we're embracing great, investing in great minority entrepreneurs, and we're investing in them because they're great, building great, scalable venture, you know, business models that we think, you know, we can help grow from a city's perspective. So yeah, I'd say we're only two years in, but I think like definitely tracking to where we thought, you know, we, we wanted to be. Do you ever get pushback that, you know, sit big, bad Citibank from some some folks or does that not really come up? Uh, yes, it does for sure. Um, but I would say um, one of the things that I'm actually most surprised about in City Impact Fund and, you know, I remember, you know, our colleagues and we were creating the business plan, like what is our elevator good pitch going to be? And this is, I don't think any dissimilar to any any impact-oriented fund or a really corporate venture investing fund is what is our value add? Like how green is city's money? You know, we know we're in the venture world. We know we have to be competitive. We have to be able to act quickly on investments. We're not able to write the check at a dinner table like some other venture funds are. We have a, we have a process, a very structured process. Um, but I think you know, I was prepared with an elevator pitch to to why, you know, why City is such a great investor for you. And I thought there was going to be a lot of pushback, you know, we're archaic, you know, everyone, all these things that we don't need to get into detail on, like how people think banks operate. But I would, I've often, like one of the things that's been most exciting for me is people have sought us out as an investor. 
Um, and I think we've only have a relatively small track record, only two years, but you know, they, they appreciate the fact that we do have an impact lens. They do appreciate that we can move relatively quickly that I feel like because of our brand name and, and one of the reasons why I'm proud to work at city city is, you know, having that brand name behind has gotten us into deals. I don't think we otherwise would have. And I think that's coupled with one city's brand Two, the fact that this is venture early stage where, you know, we are, we realize we're taking high risk and two, that we have an impact thesis that's very specific and, and, you know, quantifiable. And I think the founders kind of understand that. So, you know, to directly answer your question, absolutely, we get pushback for sure. But the silver lining of that is not nearly as much pushback, frankly, as I thought we would get, which, you know, would make my life a lot more difficult. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of happy to say that, uh, you know, we're welcomed. All right. So, so you mentioned it. I'm going to I'm going to call you to the hold your feet to the proverbial fire here. <laughs> uh, you said you had an elevator pitch, so you've got 30 seconds. Oh, my God. You. What's what's the elevator pitch for taking money from city city impact? My elevator pitch was leveraging on every other corporate, you know, sort of like venture arm that 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 folks are really talking about was, you know, how can we be a value add to you by bringing all the products and service that city has to bear? And especially in early stage businesses, what I found, these companies don't care. You know, they're not developing a credit card in the next year. You know, they don't need to be developing a small business lending product in the next. They're just trying to like get capital so they can hire a, a, a sales lead or to hire a chief risk officer or, you know, they're trying to get capital to really like grow the business. And I found that probably my elevator pitch now is almost out of date because I was thinking about more of the corporate lens on how can we bring all these products to bear from city, which is still obviously critical in sort of the later stage businesses, but especially in these early stage businesses we talked about, they need money to grow and they need investors that have sufficient capital behind them to continue to invest in their mission and growth journey. And that's one of the things I was very humbled on early on. I started my pitch on how cities are a great bank and how we can offer all these products and services to you. And they're like, well, frankly, yeah, that'd be great in, in three to four years from now. But like, what I really need is just an investor to give me money and believe in my mission such that I can sort of scale this to get to these point to where I need these products and services in the future. So thanks, Dana, for putting me on the spot there. My pleasure. It was uh, actually 38 <laughs> seconds. So we're going to call you to terms on that. But I, I want to just close by asking some just broad-based questions about sort of the future and you know, I'm just struck by how you're talking. You know, I think a lot of people are realizing that impact is a much broader part of the economy. Like you mentioned, um, you know, uh, the, the loss rates on low income housing as opposed to traditional housing being lower. And, you know, right now, I don't know what percent of city's balance sheet is devoted to impact. Maybe you have a sense. It's probably pretty small. You know, if you were to look out five years, and I won't just say city because I know it might be, but if you were to say, if right now, what percent of assets of the five major bank, four major banks in the U.S. are devoted to impact, you know, in five years, what do you think that percentage will be? I mean, I think it's going to be double, triple what it is today. I mean, I've seen just in the two years that we've been actively investing in this space, the number of new incumbents, both corporate and non-corporate and impact investing has been significant. And a lot of the investors, and I think we're like-minded in that this is not just a nice to have, it's a, it's a must have. You know, I think the, the economy is evolving and COVID has, you know, I think revealed a lot of the 
inefficiencies in our in our financial services system and sort of the home building sector, so many areas and how volatile the markets can be and how much of an impact that can have on sort of advancing technology for the greater good. And I think I think the scale of that will be significant. And this is not just, again, for corporate investors, corporate venture, this is just for any really venture fund or anyone investing in early stage, is that I see the transition, you know, in real time where I think ultimate success is if the world, if the word impact investing goes away. You know, I think that's ultimately the total success here is there are impact oriented funds. And we see some that I think are kind of moonlighting and definitely trying to get into the impact investing craze because it's sexy and cool and fun to do. But I think there's a lot of people and I think the the movement is moving this way that this is not a nice to have, it's a must have. And investing for the greater good is just the way to do business in a prudent manner. It's right for shareholders. It's right for investors. It's just right for the greater good. Like we should just have that, always have that lens as we look at any investment. And, you know, I hope, I don't think in the next five years we'll get to that, but I definitely hope and I expect in my lifetime that the world of impact investing will go away. And I think that's, that's the ultimate goal that I think everyone's working towards is just investing uh, with market rate investors to get scalable opportunities is just the right thing to do. Well, I can't think of a better uh, way to end than, than that note and um, look forward to welcoming City to uh, having 100% of its balance sheet invested. <laughs> One, day. One, One day. day. We'll get there. We'll get <laughs> and, there. And, all the, and all the big banks. So, Jeff, thank you so much for all the work you Thanks, do. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate uh, you. And, and bringing City into the impact investing space. Thank you. Thanks for having us. This is Marika Spence, Executive Director of Impact Capital Managers. Better Money, Better World is made possible in part by ICM, a nonprofit network of over 60 best-in-class fund managers investing for superior returns and meaningful impact across North America and beyond. Our members share a passion for partnering with entrepreneurs and scaling companies that will realize a more resilient, equitable, and sustainable future. If you enjoyed today's conversation, tune in for the next episode of Better Money, Better World. Tell your friends and visit us online at www.impactcapitalmanagers.com.